0: I think the biggest thing that I learned is that, you know, when I when I was growing up and going to school, a lot of the information that I always got was, oh, you know, if you work really hard, you'll be successful. If you, mm-hmm. um, you know, show up, you can do anything that you put your mind to. And what I really learned through that experience specifically was hard work alone doesn't get you successful. Mm-hmm.
1: Hello everybody, this is Anthony for a new episode of Your Brother's Podcast. Today, my guest is Mr. Paul Deitch Cumming. Paul was born and raised in Hawaii and he he supported his family financially since he was 16 years old. He spent the last six years of his life working in the financial industry, helping people achieve things they thought they were never possible. His mission is now to eradicate financial illiteracy by helping as many people as possible live on their terms. He was a master at debt elimination and now is protecting families by helping them build generational wealth without risk paul my friend welcome to the show
0: anthony thank you so much for having me you know i'm really grateful to be here and yeah i'm excited to i've enjoyed our connection and i'm excited to share you know knowledge and get to connect more
1: let's go it's perfect my friend so first thing how we're going to start today um i really like your childhood story when we first met i think it's very powerful if people want to connect with you because we know people will remember 20 22 times more stories than just facts so please bring us back to your childhood because i know it was a bit difficult but it made you who you are today so let's go back at the beginning give us about the family condition and how it forced you to be more uh responsible and independent at a very young age
0: yeah so my my life story i mean just alone, right? Being from Hawaii is pretty uh, unique for a lot of people. But when I look at what I'm doing now, it was a very interesting situation because I was actually I grew up with my grandparents, and my dad was a drug addict, and you know, my mom was like a single mom who worked. But it was really interesting for me because how that transpired from you know when I when I was younger to when I. Entered adulthood to where I'm at now. I actually grew up, I would say, pretty wealthy. You know, I grew up with my grandparents. They were both retired. So I basically got everything that I ever wanted. You know, I mean, Mm. they supported me financially. I never had much responsibility outside of, you know, doing well in school and uh, occasionally helping around the house here and there. And I didn't really know anything about. Uh, responsibility or just gratitude like I was a very different person uh, back then I got everything that I ever wanted I took a lot of things for granted I didn't really Mm. understand and when basically kind of how things changed for me was by the time before I turned 17 I lost both my grandparents of my dad, even though I didn't really know him, he passed away before I turned 17. And then my mom actually has major health issues. That's kind of been something that has run in my family. Uh, my mm-hmm. grand, Both grandparents had uh, different forms of cancer. We don't really know exactly specifically like what type because my grandpa wasn't really a doctor person, but mm-hmm. they... I spent a lot of time in, you know, hospitals and medical, uh, facilities. And it's actually funny that I'm here now because my ultimate goal up until I would say maybe the past, like three or four years was to be a neurosurgeon. I wanted to mm, yeah. be a brain surgeon, you know, because wow. I was in medical, uh, facilities all the time. I. I really got to see how the care like shifted over the years from, you know, my grandparents and then when my mom came in and I wanted to kind of change that. Mm -hmm. And I was always fascinated with the brain, you know, because it's, it's the most interesting thing. I think, you know, it's the most important thing that we have. And yeah, I just, I thought it was really fascinating, but basically, you know, my mom had a ton of health issues. And then she actually nearly almost passed away as well. So I actually started going to college uh, when I was sixteen. I I went to college when I was sixteen. I worked multiple jobs. I I didn't like completely take care of like my grandpa, but I helped him or I helped my mom uh, do it. And then I ended up finishing up about a year until I had to um, you know support my family financially. I worked twenty hour days for two years straight a lot of the um, information as a teenager you know so i always joke with people that by the time i'm 30 i'll have worked more hours in my in like 15 years than most people work in a lifetime so (laughs) it um yeah, yeah it's 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 been pretty insane but i think the biggest thing that i learned is that you know when i when i was growing up and going to school a lot of the information that I always got was, oh, you know, if you work really hard, you'll be successful. If you, Mm -hmm. um, you know, show up, you can do anything that you put your mind to. And what I really learned through that experience specifically was hard work alone doesn't get you successful. You know, I was working 20 hour days for two years straight. I mean, I guess you could say like, I had, you know, money, because I fixed my financial situation, I was able to support my family, but I I didn't have time. And I, I didn't feel like I was really living, I was more existing, you know, because I was just working, Mm. I, I worked my life away for two years. And so many, that really was the hook, I think, more than anything on why I got into what I'm doing now is that I see so many people, you know, talk about um, like slavery, you know, when we had this whole Black Lives Matter movement, but it's like, if you look at how people view money in this country, almost everyone is a slave to money. You know, you're, you're either trading your time for money at some point, or you're like so obsessed with it, you know? And it, I didn't want to feel chained to money. You know, I feel like, money is essential, but more than anything for me, I wanted to impact the world and help people. And the the funny part too, about how I got into the whole finance world was I spent four years in banking and my plan when I first started was to stay for a year or two because I, I got tired of working, you know, the 20 hour days. I wanted something to where I had a lot more structure and I could work, you know, one job because the plan at the time was for me to go back to school mm-hmm. and I I would do research and as a neurosurgeon, you know, they make over a million dollars a year. I don't know what it is now because I haven't, you know, kept up with like yeah. things changed, but at the time, you know, a million dollars was a lot more than it is now. And I was like, mm-hmm. well, doing a ton of research, I've always been a analytical person. I realized that a ton of people who are in the medical field, you know, you're making all this money, but what's the point of making all this money if you don't know how to manage it? And that was a huge problem that I was seeing, you know, is that a lot of people in the industry were making a ton of money, but they didn't know how to manage it. They were constantly uh, losing money and they didn't really have an ideal financial situation. So I kind of planned ahead Mm -hmm. and was like, well, If I need to get a job, this would be a great one because it would teach me, you know, about money and it would be great for my structure and schedule and ultimately let me go back. Well, I ended up staying for four years because kind of like what you said in the bio, you know, for three of those uh, four years outside of the first year, I really was a master uh, debt eliminator. You know, I used to help people from all different types of age ranges you know like I was I want to say when I started I was 18 or 19 it, I want to wow. say it was probably not closer to 19 but I was helping people who were like on average three to four times
1: um, my age and mm. how did you learn was... that by yourself just with books or because I can imagine that elimination there's some content out there, but what about finding you where it is working compared to other people who are promoting something and maybe they they just fall short and they always fail?
0: Well, I've always, I've never really been, that was, a, I guess you could say my first big like sales venture and I've always been an analytical person. So I never, I've never been in that environment before. So that's why it took me, you know, a year to uh, familiarize with the, it was my first professional environment and if you've ever been to hawaii you know it's pretty uh laid back a lot of people aren't really very like businessy and like suity and type of things so having yeah. to wear dress dress clothing all the time was a huge uh change for me being in an environment where i was the youngest person like by far was a huge change for me and i really did a lot of research you know i I asked uh, questions from people who were having success. I did a bunch of my own research, and what I really found is that it really all comes down to like a numbers game. You know, it's it's all about um, how much money you can uh, consolidate and just putting things together through like a budget or a plan type of thing. So once you kind of figure out the basics, all the specifics, you know, you can with the rates and how things work and this and that, that was basically what it, what it was for me. But I, I share this story with people all the time because, you know, people look and see where I'm at now, all the adventures that I've had, all the the mentors that I had. And they, they think that it was always like that for me. And it, and it really wasn't, you know, with everything because I started in the same position, I would probably say worse position than most of my clients did because mm-hmm. I don't really know a lot of other people who did what I did at my age, you know, like I know people who can relate to yeah. having been put in that situation, but not at the age point in the sense that I I had so many things that were hindering me, you know, like legally. And when I got into the finance world, that was definitely... I would say a big problem that I had was I was insecure about my age, you know, because yeah, I thought, well, you know, I, my grand, and my grandpa and I'll always remember what my grandpa told me. And he told me that it doesn't matter how smart you are, that there's no better teacher than life and experience. And mm-hmm. that was something that I was really lacking, you know, because here I was, I I never I didn't even know how to take care of myself at 16, yet alone yeah. how to support an entire family. I didn't know anything about budgeting, finance, anything like that. So it really was a was a rude awakening. But I'm grateful, you know, that I had that opportunity. And what I would tell you is that it it really helped me with what I'm doing now because I when I first started this venture, you know, I think many people i will speak for myself that
1: mm-hmm.
0: we've all been given you know information that we thought was true at the time or you we we've we chose to accept uh, someone else's truth instead of the actual truth and that was definitely how it was for me throughout that time you know i thought that oh you know banking was so good and i was helping people save a bunch of money but looking back with what I know now, I definitely feel like I did, I did help people more than um, I hurt them. But yeah. hindsight being 2020, I robbed a lot of people of wealth, you know, because we have this disposition. And a lot of people work at the bank, like if you go ahead and ask, um, you know, next time you go to the bank, for anyone watching, go ahead and ask your teller, if they next time they tell you to oh, open a savings account, it's like, why would I put uh, any percent of my money to earn two tenths of one percent. That's the average yeah. that people are earning yeah. in a savings account. They're they're probably going to look at you like um shocked because they probably don't even know what the interest rate is. You know, uh-huh. that's just how. In many ways, I felt like there, just like how many ordinary people, or I shouldn't say ordinary, but many like citizens here who live in mm-hmm. the U.S. are like programmed. You know, you're you're taught to constantly do things that benefit other people instead of yourself. And the thing that I love the most about that though, was that I spoke to you earlier about how impact was always something that was really important to me and that was never more apparent than when I worked uh, in the banking world because I was a top producer. Um, I got numerous accolades for service I was loved by, I would say, 95% of my customers, probably even more, but we'll just be a little modest. <laughs> and, um, you know, the biggest thing for me was that I got paid probably on 10% of the actual like commissions and work that I did because it didn't meet bank standards. But I did it because it would save people, you know, on average, thousands of dollars a month, you know, imagine how different your life would be if you had an additional, uh, 10, 20,000 or even more than that a year to use, to live life on your terms, you know, and to stop putting more money in the, these institutions and corporations and give it to you and your family, you know? So that was, a big a big thing for me and i went i had to go out of my way many times i mean i have so many stories but i just remember one time i was working at one of my branches and this was after i had like signing authority so i had kind of like control and i worked like two or three hours like after so our the when i transferred to Probably the second or third branch that I was at, we were like a smaller in-store branch, so we closed mm-hmm. at seven o'clock. Well, there were times where I would stay three hours after, you know, helping to finalize uh, deals and really get thing get things in order because it would it was a massive uh, change for a lot of these people, you know. And I always I always used to get asked the question, you know, what makes you different because there's so many people in the finance space where it's all about money i mean we'll kind of get into that more in the interview but Uh i always would get asked people you know i i constantly spent i would say 80 to 90 percent of my time just like fixing problems you know Mm -hmm. that somebody else helped these people but they did them a disservice and that's what i would always tell them i would always start things off by saying you know i apologize that uh this happened to you but i can't change your reality unless you yeah. love me and you know a lot of them did and it i i don't really like stay in touch because i'm not in hawaii currently i'm in florida and it's mm-hmm. you know the time difference kind of gets to you because when imagine. i'm awake they're sleeping and things like that how many uh, hours
1: difference now uh, six now. hours
0: six hours yeah of- mm-hmm. yeah so but a lot of them are doing well you know a lot of business owners who didn't necessarily have the funding or also had you know financial problems don't have that anymore so I definitely enjoyed my time there and I think more than it taught me about finances it taught me about life and character and how important integrity is because that's really the number one skill I feel like you have to have as a financial person you know and i always tell people that i i'm going to tell you what you need to hear versus what you want to hear you know you're probably not going to like what you know i have to say because a lot of people a lot of people um don't because it's pointing out a lot of the problems and holes and things like that but if you're not willing to do that for people i feel like that's so disrespectful because if you have the knowledge and a power that i have to you know really change people's lives if you're not doing that because you're afraid of oh you know maybe they'll be upset with you or they'll you're concerned about what they think more than you know about how much you can help them that to me is the
1: ultimate disservice yeah and so powerful what you're saying and uh, i i think we can all see in the world like the the stereotypes of finance industry like Wall Street, banking, yeah. big shots, like ruthless, cutthroat, and most of it is real. So yeah. to have a guy like you who is authentic, who has integrity and who wants to actually help and if a product is not made for that client, then you will not be afraid to say that's not for you. Let me show you something right. else that is more suitable. So. How do you think we can move forward in, in terms of you maybe are one or 2% of financial workers who are in this mindset? How are you, do you plan to make this transition of having a community with you of guys and girls who want to be like this and move like a new wave, a fresh wave of people who are really want there to help?
0: Yeah, that's a great question. I would say, and this is probably, I'm going to drop drop a bomb here for a lot of people. This is the most important life lesson that I've learned is that the the hardest lesson that I had to learn is that no matter how much you know something is right, and you want to make that decision for people, the, the ultimate gift that we have, you know, is the freedom to make our own choices. And something that i've really had to learn especially in this venture because when i first started i feel like i wanted financial freedom more for my clients than they wanted it for themselves if that makes sense you know like i was i was willing to do all the work regardless of uh, how much money they had what their situation was like because i know that for i would say 99 of people that they were in a better situation than I was, you know, because just based off of their age alone, I mean, the fact that I wasn't even 18, legally hindered me from doing a lot of things, even though I had the, I had the ability, you know, so I think that it really starts off with the choice to want to improve, you know, and I just made a video the other day about how I'm really not so sure that people really want financial freedom, because if you look at the the choices that people are making and, you know, there's tons of reasons for it, right? Like maybe it was the information that they've been financially programmed with, or they really trusted somebody who they, you know, thought knew what they were doing. And like I said, accepted um, somebody else's truth. There's so many different things that you can pinpoint, but what I think it really comes down to is that, You have to be open-minded and be willing to listen to something, you know, that somebody's going to say. And I understand because of, like you said earlier, you know, the stigma of this industry. There's a reason why the financial services industry specifically creates more millionaires than any other industry because money is essential to live, you know, a lot of people we're in a very interesting economic situation right now. A lot of people are hurting for money because they they need it, you know, to buy food, to pay rent, uh to afford gas. And it's it's something that's inevitable. I mean, and with everything else, you know, I as much as I would love to tell you that I I can make in a perfect world, you know, every everyone would be transparent and authentic that's not the case and you really the best way that I would tell people to kind of like filter through that is do your research and ask questions you know Mm -hmm. a big a big problem that I see with a lot of people in this industry and I actually honestly even made this um issue at when I first got into business just because it was such a massive mindset for me being an employee all these years, you know, and coming in business is that so many people in the finance space want to, um, advise people on like, Oh, what to do before even really understanding their uh, story, you know, and what they're trying to do. Like, what are your goals? What, Mm -hmm. um, like, what is your, what is your budget? What is like, what are you trying to do? You know, and it, the problem that I have with that is that the biggest issue that I've found is that a lot of people don't even know what they want. You know, I'm asking people, like, when do you want to retire? Um, how much money do you want to have annually in retirement? You know, like, what, what is on your bucket list? You know, and a lot of people are just drawing a blank because with the way that things are, I think a lot of people become prisoners of the moment. You know, everyone looks at, this dire economic situation that we have as oh shoot you know i don't know if i'm even going to have a financial future you know so that's a huge uh problem that a lot of people are having is just not getting so caught up in the present and think about the future and what you really want because when life gets tough especially you know when it did for me that was really kind of like what got me through you know every Entrepreneurship is a very tough journey. You know, I remember when I first started, nobody gave me the time of day. Nobody um I would reach out to people and just be like, Hey, can I share something with you? And I didn't and people didn't even have the decency to tell me, um, not interested. Or a lot of people told me that you're picking the wrong um path, making a massive mistake. And it it's tough, you know, and just like how a lot of people are in the same predicament now financially. It's you just got to do your research and figure out what you really want, and that's really what it comes down to.
1: Yeah. And how do you know what you want for somebody who doesn't know or think they don't know? What is I maybe mean, some good questions or do you have any tips? Any physical process? Is it meditation? Is it going in nature? Get inspiration from somebody else? How do you find find out what do you really want? it's a, it's a good question.
0: Yeah. So you're, you're right, Anthony, that's a, that's a great question. And what I've really found is that I, where I had a lot of room to improve was definitely on a connection. You know, I think that because of COVID and, you know, a lot of people switching remote, that it really hindered the, you know, personal conversations that we were having. You know, I spent a lot of time over the past three years in my own room you know like alone just yeah. you know thinking about things and mm-hmm. it was funny because i went here i was working remotely and switched from like a a government contractor thing to now oh shoot you know like i need to talk to people on a daily <laughs> basis like yeah and i really had a lot of work to do with a uh, connection and i would say there's three really good questions that i ask every person to some extent that I connect with and the first question that I ask them is what is your ultimate goal you know I think so many people are capable of so much more than they think and joining the 10x program has like really uh changed like everything for me you know it's that what like what is your ultimate goal and that's a massive question that I ask a lot of people and I I can honestly say I've probably gotten like one or two answers out of over a hundred people that I was like, wow, that's deep. You know, a lot of people are Mm -hmm. like, Oh, I want to make a ton of money. Um, I want to make sure that my family." Yeah. And it's like, you really need to define what that is for you because what I, and this kind of goes back to what I was saying a little earlier about how so many people in this industry make a predisposition of like what, people whether or not people are going to be interested based off of like their current situation instead of just giving people the information and letting them decide because a million dollars to somebody could be like you know something that they never thought before whereas like mm-hmm. my goal this year alone is to make a million dollars you know so it's like yeah. every single person is different um financial freedom and what that means and what that looks like for a lot of people is very different so i think clarity and really defining what that is for you is really where that all starts. Like I was telling you, a lot of people don't even know when they want to retire, because they don't even think that it's possible.
1: Mm -hmm. Or,
0: um, and then the second question that I always ask people is, what is, what is the greatest, either obstacle that you're having currently, it could be life business, or that you've conquered, because that was really a huge a huge uh, turning point for me you know when i when i talked about how being an entrepreneur is hard you know and every single entrepreneur who tells you that they never thought about quitting at some point or yeah. doing something else is like absolutely lying because there's just days hard. where where you're like kind of like on a roller coaster you know in the beginning yeah. you're just like you're working harder than most people would ever dream of working because You want financial freedom, you know, that you want to be able to control and own your time and trade um, money for time instead of time for money, like most people do. Mm -hmm. And it really, I think, comes down to really leaning into both your goal and what you've conquered. Because for me, I always say that what I went through when. I was 16 is the hardest thing that i'll ever experience and i know a lot of people don't like that but i want to share with you why that is i'm at such a different point now where because i have the experiences that i've had over the past nine years i'm 25 now i have both the network now the knowledge a lot more money than i did then that i have more resources to solve any type of problem that i would get and i think it's really important to tie that in anytime you're starting something new you know whether it's a business or um you know any type of goal a lot of people have been into the whole fitness goals and you know marathons and all that type of thing that i've been seeing so anytime you're doing that just remember that you've conquered you've already conquered so much more than you thought you could have or look at other people who are in your scenario i think the hardest part for me with really defining that at the time was that social media wasn't really as big as it is now. Mm -hmm. And being that there wasn't really even anyone near my age group where I worked or in my social circle that was in the same situations, I had such a hard time kind of like digging in and, you know, really understanding it. So once you are able to answer that question and then the third question is what are you currently doing to achieve the goal you know because a lot of people uh i found out from connecting that there's a lot of entrepreneurs here who have you know big goals they want to do x they want to do y but nobody's actually doing them and that's why i always ask people you know what are you doing to achieve this what are you willing to do to achieve this you know and those are three questions I think that can definitely help um,
1: get clarity for sure. Yeah, what do you think people should give up in order to receive what they really want? Is it just bad habits, or there's something else that really like, you have to sacrifice X, Y, and Z to really get where you want to be? That's a great question. So I can tell you that for me,
0: I was always told that you know comfort is like the growth killer, but mm-hmm what i've really learned from my experience is that i honestly think that pride is the growth killer because if you look at how many people you know we have billions of people in the world today right everybody suffers from some type of problem Uh and i don't really know anyone who is so efficient at it that they they solve it almost like solve all their problems immediately but if you look at the access that we have you know through social media and um all the you know networks and things like that there's really no reason why we can't solve any type of problem you know we're currently experiencing but i think that pride is the killer because especially for you know men you know we were I don't know about you but I grew up with my grandparents so uh talking really wasn't a thing in my house you know so mental health was a massive issue Mm. for me I I was told that you know you be humble you don't um I knew like a lot of answers in class but I didn't want attention I was told oh you don't want attention you know be quiet um so that's You're an introvert you know all these type of things that we tell ourselves and i think it's it's pride is the issue you know because a lot of people you'll find that they want to ask somebody for help uh a big way that i would tell people is that in business if you don't learn to ask it's uncomfortable because if they're having pride issues you're definitely going to be having pride issues you know and saying hey you know I do X. I do Y. um, How can I help you, or something along those lines? And what I found is that people are more receptive to that because they're just not willing to make the first move. You know, Mm -hmm. they want you to be able to post something. And I found that when I make videos that, hey, you know, I do this, and my goal is to help 100 um, families this year. I would love to help you. You know, I get responses because people don't want to ask, but when you offer it's a, it's a different kind of ball game. And that's really how it was for me with, um, mental health. You know, I really had to ask myself all those questions, like what, how, look at what this is costing you, you know, because I didn't live a 10 X life. I, I always tell people, you know, when I was younger that I was born to be 10 X, because I mean, I didn't know any other 12 year olds who wanted to be a neurosurgeon when, (laughs) uh, none of the doctors in the state that I live knew what that was. So, but I had to learn to ask myself, you know, those difficult questions. And I think that that's why personal development and growth is so hard for a lot of people is that you have to get comfortable being uncomfortable and pride is a huge inhibitor for sure.
1: Yeah. Um, Maybe you can tell to people, because I know about this little part of the story that you, you forgot to mention, but when you were a kid, you were actually studying things way ahead of your age, correct? Like elementary school, you were studying like college-level classes or books, if I remember well.
0: Yeah, so when I was in elementary school, I started reading um, like chapter books and like novels when I was in first grade. And I, I would read... It was so long ago, but I want to say like on average I used to read probably like 2 or 300 books a year up until I really kind of stopped in elementary school because so like 6th grade is what that is in Hawaii. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we would do like um like benchmark tests or it it changed like so many times over the years to where they switched to like online and things like that, but they would basically measure you know like what was your reading and writing level and uh, by the time that i went to middle school was like really when they kind of dialed down on it a lot more than when i was in elementary i was at a college level
1: Uh, yeah were you bullied because of that anybody was laughing at you like oh you're the the big head the big brain or or nobody would, would care about this at the time
0: Oh no! Nobody. I didn't really um, face a lot of bullying. One because Uh I think people wanted help with their schoolwork, so (laughs) (laughs) that definitely worked in my favor. But I knew into school that I was a nerd. But I've never been somebody that really cared what um, people thought. You know, I was always different. I, I'm not like my mom. Not like my dad. Like I'm really not like a lot of people that I grew up with. You know, besides um, my aunt who i'm here with now and yeah it um that was like a huge thing for me and i i think that's where the introvert thing really kind of got me through was that a lot of this was ingrained in my brain that oh you know you you be quiet um humble don't like draw attention to yourself so coming into the business world you know as you know it's like you, you need to be you need to be active you need hey, to seek loudly. attention <laughs> yeah you need to you need to be willing to um, put yourself out there so it was definitely a massive shift for me but like i said you know it's all about getting comfortable being uncomfortable
1: so somebody who has the idea to start a new project maybe a new business mm-hmm. uh, something creative they don't like their job and they want to switch to something better so you were in in banking and you were there for a while, but eventually you found your path and you had the courage to go to do your own thing. So what is one or two tips you can give for people who are afraid to jump in the unknown and if they know it's the right thing to do, they feel in their heart, man, I cannot ignore that anymore. Like It's so loud. I have to take action. So how do I start to just break this mold of comfort and just maybe they're secure Mm -hmm. and they have a family or yeah
0: yeah that's a that's a great question as well and i can actually say that you know social media and doing these type of things were uh definitely something you know for me that i've never done before i when i was an employee and i didn't really have you know a ton of time then because i was always working but i never really liked social media and i knew that technology was important, you know, because it's done massive advancement over the years. But I never liked social media just because there there was always so much misinformation, or I felt like people were just wasting their time there. I used to see yeah. a lot of coworkers was that the would just man. scroll, I was, the scroll, and I was like, yeah, and I was just like, you know, there's a lot of like misinformation. Like, why am I going to come on here? And then when I realized how, you know how insane it was that you literally it's so insane how literally everybody now because i'd say just about every single person has a phone i mean you even have like kids who have phones now Mm -hmm. you you have a voice like anybody can go on you know any of these social media platforms make a video if you have a message it's so powerful that you have to um if you're not making use of that, I think that's definitely a massive disservice, especially because of how you know expensive it is in business to uh, pay for marketing campaigns and do all these type of stuff that social media basically allows you to do for free, and you get to connect with people uh, all over the world. But in terms of, I would say, kind of getting out from employee to business owner entrepreneur, I think you really have to. Dial down on your purpose and what's in, and what's important to you. you. Know you need to have a goal that's bigger than money. And you know Grant always tell Grant Cardone always says that you need to have something that's so massive that it takes you a lifetime to achieve because it's going yeah. to uh, drive you. It's going to drive you forward. You know if if your goal is only to make I don't know six seven figures a year it's going to get old real quick, mm-hmm, you know, absolutely. because any you there's so many different verticals that if that's your goal, you can do that. But if your goal is to, you know, impact people make like massive change in the world, you're going to have to be willing to sacrifice the security and comfort that that job, um, you know, gives you or you're going to have to be willing to sacrifice your time. And I can speak from experience because that's what I did when I was 16 years old. You yeah. I worked 20 plus hour days and it for two years straight without a day off. And I used to hear people like complaining about working eight hours. Yeah. And I was just I, like, oh, I, I, I don't I know cannot. anything about you that. <laughs> right. Like, so. I think that that's what it comes down to, you know, you need to be clear on one, what you want to do, and then what you're willing to do to do it. Because for the social media thing, I had to get really comfortable, you know, making um, videos every day, you know, Mm -hmm. I mean, Anthony's from a completely different country, you know, and we connected on social media. So it's like, you have to be willing to do things that you've never done before to get to where you've never been before. And
1: that's yeah that's what it's all about i would say that's true man so true um i know that you had some powerful mentors and i guess maybe you still have them today i was curious how did you meet these guys and which kind of impact they had in your life and maybe you can tell us a bit more like is it uh you see them every week is it once a month and how do you keep this exchange very fair when there are guys who are making or have a net worth of seven eight figures and you're just like you're starting out in life you're 25 How do you keep this interaction with the mentor powerful so they feel uh, fulfilled as much as you?
0: Well, I think the biggest thing is that, you know, I said earlier that age was definitely a huge uh, insecurity for me. And it took me a long time to really understand that age is just a number. And Mm -hmm. a massive mistake that I made in business, and I'll probably make a video, you know, kind of going in depth more on like, Major mistakes just to uh, share more value with people. But a massive mistake that I made was that understanding that you know business is a marathon, not a sprint. You know, I was trying to because mentorship is really all about acceleration. So what I was trying to do is I was trying to accelerate and do all these things so quickly
1: yeah.
0: that it it um, created not only like a ton of unnecessary problems, but it created huge like kind of mindset things like i I kind of lost track of you know what I was doing, and what I would say is that you're trying so hard to you know be like people like Warren Buffett or uh, Grant Cardone, you know these people who are massively successful and you have to look at the fact that they're massively successful, but look at how long it took them. you know, I mean Warren Buffett's like ninety one years old he I mean he was well off like before then but it wasn't like it was something that took him you know five to ten years that is a very realistic reality for someone like me or when you ask that question something that I think about is that a lot of people think that you know you can buy you can buy your way in a lot of these mentorships or things like that which you can but Money will get you in the door, but your work ethic and value that you provide is what keeps you there. And when I talk to a lot of my mentors, the biggest thing that they tell me is that you're so far ahead of where I was when I was your age. I think when Grant Cardone was 25, he was talking about how he was like a drug addict that, you know, yeah, going to was. rehab and he had like no money. I was you know. Saying, by
1: the way. Awesome.
0: Yeah. So, you know, that's what I'm saying. Like so so many people underestimate um, just how much they've accomplished because you're looking at people who are massively successful than you. But you also have to understand that for me, a lot of my mentors are 20 plus years older than I am. So it's like, and I have goals to be a billionaire in the next five years, you know, where it took them nearly almost like 10 years longer to do that and a lot of them aren't even there yet they'll definitely be there because they're massively successful but i think it's just really important to put that into perspective and understand that there's so much more things that you can offer to people to add value because i always get asked this question by like oh well you know what if i don't have money or what if i don't have x and then what if i don't have y and i was like there's so many uh skills and intangibles that you can't teach someone, you know, like work ethic, um, ambition. It, there's just so many different things that you can't teach. You know, you I, I feel like you can't teach someone to have like character and integrity. It's kind of something that you either have or don't. And mm-hmm. that is how, regardless of how old you are or, you know, what your situation has been, just add value. And that's something that I always try to do.
1: Yeah, man, that's just, I, I can imagine like people who they're searching for mentors and they feel uh, intimidated and you found great, I, don't, I will not of course ask names, but what was your approach to just to reach, to reach out to them? Just like pure luck and just, okay, I'm going to go and ask. Uh, Because some of my my guests, they said, just give the permission to people to say no themselves before saying in your own mind that you, like, you decide for them if they have to, they will say yes or no. I did the same with my podcast. And I have Mm -hmm. some guests coming in the next few weeks. And people will be impressed. Like, oh, he said yes. That's cool. And you're starting out. You just never know what will happen. But if you never ask, you will never know. And it's, I think it's from a song. What is it? you never ask, you'll never know. (laughs) Anyway, so what was your approach as a mentality to like, I'm worthy, I'm good enough. I can receive attention, time, energy from them compared to somebody who's like, man, they will, of course they will say, no, they must be so busy right now. They have a thousand things to do. And they, I have, they've never saw my face. How to make this mindset shift? Well,
0: That's a that's a great question, Anthony. And I would say, you know, I'll definitely give you um, names of my mentor, because I think it's important, you know, if any, well, mentors, because if anyone is, um, you know, watching this, and they want people to look up to all these people are, they're massively successful financially, but I think more than anything, they're a 1000 times uh, better uh, people. And Mm. so It really all started, I guess you could say with um, 10X, right? So one of my mentors, uh, Grant Cardone. And then I actually met one of my favorite mentors. She's probably actually jumped on to like the second uh, favorite person on my top five list. Uh, Her name is Danao Delgado. I don't want to take too much time to explain her because her story is massively long, but I would say with oh and then I have a another mentor with what I'm doing financially. Uh, his name is Richard Conlin, another uh, someone who's massively successful, who's in the top one percent, well one tenth of one percent of financial professionals in the world. And then, what I would say is that for me, what I really like because I'm a very selective person, you know, when it comes to even opportunities, like I get tons of messages every day of, like, people who want to work. I don't turn people down, like, financially, but in terms of, like, opportunities and, like, other ventures, I'm yeah. open-minded because that was never something that was done for me and I listen to people. Yeah. But I'm very, very selective with, like, what opportunities I choose to work with or who I'm following. And I don't just, like,
1: add people, you know, for what did you? Why did you like accept that. to be on the show on my episode?
0: I. I accepted it because I you know when I when I met with you cuz that's kind of like a common thing you know in these networking groups you meet with people you connect your I your story was definitely a big thing and I would say that the thing that I have in common with all three of my mentors is that we all have similar stories it was just that they happened at different ages you know a lot of them in most cases were older than I was so the fact that I was younger and I did it, especially in a place like Hawaii where you know it's insane, everything's like so expensive to yeah. live and you really have to be financially literate in order to survive there, yet alone uh, thrive mm-hmm. and I think that was something that definitely helped me as well as I'm able to connect with people from all different age groups because, I grew up with my grandparents, you know, so it's like I was able to connect with people who were older. And then, my my mom had me when she was a lot older, so it's like then you have the generation like just before that, and then, you know, you have like probably people who are like my friends' parents' age, and then Mm -hmm. you know my age, and even earlier. So I can really connect with people no matter what age groups they are because I've been in. Even though I'm only twenty five, I feel like I've lived the life. A lifetime you know I've there's not really many things that I can say that oh you know I haven't experienced yet um either personally mentally physically or whatever so I would say that was definitely a big thing and I I realized that the most important thing is that you need to be you need to be there first in your mind before you get there like physically and even though I wasn't even though I wasn't a millionaire, um, then I was there in my mind, if that makes sense. So yeah. when I would talk and communicate with people, I had the experience. I had the knowledge. And yeah, I would say that was definitely a, the thing for me was their stories and then just being able to add value.
1: Beautiful, bro. beautiful. Uh, let me see what else I can have here. Uh-huh, that's a good one here what do you think can be improved about the financial industry today
0: i think the biggest thing that could be improved about it is that uh, people need to know what a lot of their like a lot of the common financial decisions that people are making they need to know what that actually means because a lot of people are listening to professionals that don't even know what they're doing. You know, it's like, (laughs) I ask people this question. If somebody is a fiduciary, which means that they do things in the best of their client, then why is like 90% of the population, you know, like losing money in the market now, like, I don't even understand really why risk is a thing. Because if you ask any person, you know, how much money do you want to lose? A lot of them are going to tell you zero you know i don't i don't i don't know anybody who wants to lose any money yeah and i think it starts off you know with ourselves and like i said there's a lot of people in the industry who look at people as you know another number and they just want to they want to give you quotes and they really don't want to like meet with you and just get information cuz it's kind of like it's like boom 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 you know they just want to crank keep cranking them out and yeah that's kind of How it was in a way in the banking world, you know, when you had these like loans, it it wasn't about like, Oh, what are you going to use this loan for it was Hey, you got to prove for this, this is your rate type of thing. And it there's more of a, a big thing for me that I focus on is that, and this was why I did everything that I did in the banking world, even though I didn't get paid is that I want people to benefit from things more than i do if that makes sense you know like if i'm making a thousand dollars off of something i want somebody to make you know like a hundred thousand or like Mm. a million because any type of money that i make is already kind of a cherry on top because they're not going to win the trade because i get to completely change their life and that's priceless you know so there you can't put a you can't put a price tag on that but that's definitely what i would say is that People need to be educated on how to build wealth without risk, which is, you know, what I do. And a lot of people think that because they've, you know, been duped before by um, financial people, which I completely understand because that was a huge um, concern that I had when I first started. Like I said, when I started, I didn't know anything about finances, investing, credit, wealth, anything like that. So I was in their same position. And I just tell them, you know, like, I'm the number that we decide on is not going to be my number, it's going to be your number. And I think that that's why what I do is so different is that I don't care whether you make twenty, thirty thousand $30,000 a year or six figures, if you're willing to uh, be open minded and transparent, and you want to change, I'm willing to help you regardless. Um, you know, and how much money I make. And I think that's really what it's all about. And I focus as much as possible. Because like I told you um, earlier, I think so many people focus on their opinion, you know, like, what the dollar amount means to them versus how much it could be for the other person. I give people factual information. And I relate it to real life examples and Mm -hmm. it's usually pretty simple for people. You know, so I'll kind of give you an example, you know, just to add a little more value here is that a lot of people, what they're currently experiencing now with why the stock market crash is a massive issue is because what people have been told for the past 50 probably i would say like 50 60 years is you put your money in the stock market Uh, they use they'll use like terms like compound interest uh, leverage and all these type of things that people really don't understand but they look at the the history so they look at the projection versus how much the world's changed so if you're looking, you know, 50, 60 years ago, like you could put your money in the banks because banks were paying you like 10% um, interest rate or mm-hmm. the stock market was like booming, but the the world's changed so much. And I mean, even in the past 20 years, we've added a sixth of our population, yet we have five times the amount of money in print, you know, in just like 20 years, like. And everyone's still doing the same things 50, 60 years ago when we're in unprecedented uh, situations. That's why this whole inflation thing is a massive issue. And a lot of people need, What a lot of people don't understand about it is that it's not a political issue. You know, obviously there's some foreign uh, problems that have escalated things, but it's a money issue because our debt is our total debt's over a 100 trillion you know uh people don't realize that the taxpayers are gonna have to pay for that money and where a lot of people hold their wealth is in tax qualified plans like 401ks iras and you're sold this idea of oh you know i'll get the little tax deduction now when taxes are actually at one of the lowest rates that they've ever been in the history. Uh, and because the debt's going up, you know, it's only inevitable for taxes to go up because that's how our government makes money in the United States is through taxes. And the reality is that not only are people losing it because their retirement accounts are in the market. So when the market crashes like it is now, you know, people are losing like 20 to 30 percent of their retirement. And that's why so many people who are, this was definitely a massive problem in Hawaii where a lot of elderly people were working because they didn't have a correct plan in place, you know? And that's what I would say that needs to be more educated is that people need to learn how to put more money in your, in their pockets and their families' pockets instead of giving it to the government and, these financial institutions and that's really what I think is the most tragic thing is that over the course of you know the average person's lifetime they're going to end up giving more money to the government and these institutions than their own family mm. and that's why you know I do what I do and I help people build generational wealth without risk because I feel like you should put more money in your pocket And you shouldn't have to turn to resources like GoFundMe, you know, if something happens and you need money. And that's why a big um, thing that I share with people is that GoFundMe is the biggest healthcare provider and they're not even in the healthcare industry.
1: Hmm. Paul, uh, we're close to the end of this call. I would like you to tell me or tell our audience. So with all that being said, if we fast forward maybe five years from now and people go and look back at our episode in 2022, what is one powerful message that represents the wisdom of your life right now from the 25 years you, you've lived? Some people will say, oh, it's not so much. He's not so old. You have wisdom. We hear it. It's obvious. What is a short message that you can tell to people that's going to be impactful and they can just leave today and just have a better life because of that? I would say that,
0: oh, this is a really tough question. You're really putting me on the spot. It's the atomic thing. bomb on
1: every, all my guests is the same question. They have to just go. Oh, man.
0: I would say that circumstances are the catalyst for change, but the actual change doesn't happen until you take action. Oh
1: love it. I love it. Paul. how can people connect with you? If we want to have more about your financial services, uh, social media, website, how do we connect with you? Thank you for this episode. And, uh, yeah. Tell me your info. Yeah. So first I just want to say, um, thank you so much
0: to, you know, Anthony and his audience. Like I'm really grateful to have the opportunity to be here and for social media. Um, I'm on Instagram. My Instagram's uh, Paul deitch twenty three. I'm on Facebook. It's just Paul Deitch. and then on LinkedIn is um, Paul Deitch Cummings. I believe if you type my name, it should show up, but you might have to type in financial services uh, specialist because of you know the way that you set things up. And on that LinkedIn profile, I actually wrote an article that was featured across eight global business and finance magazines and i was Mm. only in the entrepreneur space for four months and that article really does kind of foreshadow everything that's going on today so i would say definitely uh, take a look to read it and
1: help your family build generational wealth without risk thank you so much for your time Guys, this is Anthony Rivet for Your Brothers Podcast. You can follow me personally at my name on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn. YouTube channel will be with this podcast already. So Your Brothers Podcast, please subscribe, like, comment, share with your family, your friends, that you think gonna, you're gonna like this content. And if you want to support me financially, there will be a link for a Patreon. You can give uh, any money you want if you feel like it, if you feel inspired to help us grow this mission. I have amazing guests coming for you in the next few weeks and a few months and we're just starting to, to roll. So see you next time, guys. Thank you so much. Paul, well, bye-bye.